Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodovkar Schaller. Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And this week we're going to have a special episode called Attack of the Clones. It's a special episode. Uh, this is an episode where we're going to talk about... Uh, <laughs> popular clones of arcade games that came to the Amiga. Now, these are different than ports. Uh, we, we've done a couple arcade ports episodes yes. where they're officially licensed copies of the game. These are sort of unofficial. And by sort of unofficial, I mean completely unofficial. And often shareware. Right, yeah. right. But Public not domain always. or shareware. Not always. But not always. Um, and so we're, we've got three games to cover this week. We're going to cover a Frogger clone, an Amidar clone, and a Pac-Man clone. But before we do, uh, instead of doing news this week, uh, Aaron's brought something special to show to us. Well, I've been saving this for a special occasion. This is not fully Amiga, uh, a, a fully Amiga topic, but I thought it'd be kind of fun. So I was at a, uh, I was at a uh, comic book. A hobby store that went out of business in Milton uh, about six months ago. The Hillbilly Toy Chest. The Hillbilly Toy Chest, which is a, a good little store. Mm-hmm. And the owners decided to go have some kids. And so they shut down the toy chest. And so they had a lot of stuff on sale. And I dug through their batches of stuff and found an old Game Players magazine from from 1994. Uh, the exact date, January. So early, early, early 94. This would have been put together in 93. And I know Boat is an old school, uh, say Nintendo guy, and there are some. I'm sure we can find some similarities between that in terms of games. I'm sure there's some games that we're still cooking about, uh, for, that were on the Amiga back then. So I thought we might, I thought we'd break this open and kind of flip through it and t- so discuss this is, some this of this. So this has never been opened. It's still in the poly. It's never guy. been opened. So I'm going to give you the honor, oh, Boat, of opening you. that up. Uh, while he's doing that, just a little more on the clones. Um, I when we talked about doing this episode, I said, "Listen, we're gonna pick, we're gonna each pick some clones, and we'll do a, and then we'll do some shows about them." And so this week, um, and let me tell you something: there are a lot of clones, and we put together a pretty good list, didn't we? It was probably fifteen clones yeah. or more, and mm-hmm. that's certainly not all of it. And I didn't even include anything. Any there were certain types of games like Snake games I didn't even have on the list. There's a million Tron Light Cycle games, right, uh, that are on there. And so we narrowed it down. Now, uh, these there's no rhyme or reason of why we picked these. There's no. Uh, did you have any? You just, I just kind of picked some and tried out some, and then you know I I started going down the list, and uh, the the bad part about the list was there were a lot of games that I just couldn't find, or yes. a lot of games that just wouldn't work. Yes, that and happened so to me as well. It started out me picking games that I wanted to play, and it ended with me picking games that I could just get to work. No, <laughs> which is funny <laughs> given what you got. Yeah, uh, but uh, yes, there were. It's I pick, I had several games I wanted to do, including a uh, Jungle Hunt clone, and just and just couldn't find it. You know, so. That's the way it goes. Now, were you aware that there were actually two magazines in here? I was not. Okay. I have, like I said, I've never opened it. So there are no two one. magazines in here. All right. The first one, you can see here the uh, the cover, Game Player Sega Nintendo, with a strapping young lad on there. Total Carnage. Um, yep. For you listening at home, uh, this is uh, American Magazine Game Players. Uh, I wouldn't say this is one of the bigger magazines. Would you say that? No. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely se- second tier. Yeah. Um, it's on the front. It's got a uh, a uh, article about total carnage. Will total carnage be blown away by AH three Thunderstrike, Super Battle Tank two, and Turn and Burn? Probably not. No, I've, I've never I've heard never of heard, those. Yeah. <laughs> Plus Wolfenstein maps. Then they've also pitched Lufia, Aladdin, Romna one half, which is a I don't even watch Romna one half. It's an anime. Thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gauntlet four. Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ren and Stimpy, Lawnmower Man. Did you ever see that movie? No. 
You never saw Lawnmower Man? No. Stephen King's Lawnmower Man? Never seen it. I, I, it was one of the big CGI Yeah, it's, I remember seeing the commercials and being scared by them as a, as a lad. Well, it scared me when I paid the money to go see that thing. <laughs> but, I mean, it's weird because that game, that sh- movie has, like, still it's still around. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, Well, I'm sure that even if it's not a great movie, it was kind of groundbreaking for the computer you know, sort of like Tron. Tron is not going to win any Academy Awards, but I, I really like important. Tron. Actually, I'm, I guess I'm that guy. So, what's the other thing that's in? The here? The other thing that's in here is a. Um, this basically is a. It's called Game Players Presents, and it's Virgin New Games. Now, I guarantee you that this is basically an advertorial of uh, Virgin Games. They they put this this supplement in here. There's not going to be any bad words spoken about these games. They're all Virgin Games, but it's it's full color. You know, the thing I love about magazines is just, you know, they're just a joy to flip through. You don't have to read every word. And the video game magazines of the day, they really went all out with the, the display. And, and Retro Gamer keeps this up, you know, with, yeah. with the, the layout and everything. So uh, this is just a, a nice little addition, uh, a, a trip down memory lane if you were a fan of any of these Virgin games. I'm going to name a couple of them, and you can tell me if, if you played them. Did you ever play the basketball game Jam It? I, I'll tell you what, there's a funny story about that. I did play this. I owned it mm-hmm. for the PC, and the reason I bought it was it came with its own game pad. And, and I thought, well, I'll get the game pad, and the game pad was okay. It was like a Gravis game pad? It was sort of, sort of like a Gravis, except chromier. Mm. Uh, and uh, in fact, that was my mo back in the day. It's the same reason I bought uh, one of the Street Fighters. It came with a, a, its own joystick. Mm-hmm. But uh, Jam, it sucked. I mean, it's <laughs> it Jam, it's appropriate. It's what you want to do to the guy that wrote that, that <laughs> made the game. It was a horrible basketball game. I mean, it, if I look at that, it looks so much better than the actual game. <laughs> now, do you think that the because uh, this I believe that this is probably a, either a Super Nintendo or Sega Genesis. Do you think that? The does, did the graphics look comparable on the PC? Well, they've got that zoomed in. The picture here is zoomed way in, mm-hmm. but I don't remember it being very good at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've I, I probably still got it to be mm-hmm. honest with you, uh, but it just it was a, it was such a crummy game. How about RoboCop versus the Terminator? Um, I never had that, and I believe was that a, was that on the Jag? Uh, no, that was Alien versus Predator. Oh, that's you're right. Yeah, you're right. Um, so, I mean, there, there's a bunch. There's a Dune game on here. I never played any. I didn't even know what Dune was. Have you was. ever seen Dune? I've read the book. I've watched the... I've never read the book, but I've watched the movie. I've heard the movie is horrible. I hated the movie, but I, I was put, thrown down by my partner at work. He said it was one of the great films. Yeah, I guess it's divisive, but many people think that it's terrible. I thought the book was pretty good. Um, Young Merlin, I remember when that came out. This is... You're what, kidding me. I've never even heard of that. Yeah, this. I remember reading Nintendo Power. Doesn't Merlin age backwards? So wouldn't Young Merlin, in essence, be... Incredibly old Merlin. Is that one of the? Is that one of the? I believe so. Of Merlin? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Um. So anyway, it's a pretty cool thing. What's in the? Uh, what's in the well, magazine the, proper? There? The first thing I turned to here, and it filled. And this, the Amiga community can identify with, Rise of the Robots in works from JPC. <laughs> There's an article here about Rise of the Robots. Now, what is the date? What's the date on this magazine? This is this is January of '94. Okay, um, uh, I would have put it right there. This was the height. Of my gaming, uh, the the 1994 when I was I was 13, and just like many 13 year old boys, you know, video games were the center of my universe. Sure. Well, this quote, if I may, this is coming from the uh, the fella that that represents the Rise of the Robots of JVC. <laughs> Our robots fight and act unusually with a very high <laughs> level of artificial intelligence, says Sean. Griffin, I agree with the first part of that. Team leader for the computer game, we definitely have one over on Street Fighter Two. What a level of arrogance. What one is that, I wonder? They that is just I mean, if you think about how ludicrous a statement that is mm-hmm. and, and 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 you know, it's ridiculous. Now here's something that's interesting. They had coin op awards and Midway's NBA Jam won most played video game honors at the at AMOA ninety three expo. Mm. Midway's Adams family won most played pinball game. I mean, both both those are solid titles. Sure, sure. Uh, NBA Jam was a was a was a really good uh, was a really good uh, game, and boy, Adams family uh, it really sort of ushered in that new era mm-hmm. of pinball machines. You know, looking through this, and of course, the, it's your typical mix of stuff that just is. I mean, like it's weird to see stuff like Wolfenstein 3D mm-hmm. <laughs> coming soon for right. the Super Nintendo. Um, the uh, did you ever play Wolfenstein 3D? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, this is when we had our first PC, because, you know, we I, I mentioned on the show before that we went from an 8088, you know, Hercules graphics card 
to a Windows, what was essentially a Windows 95 machine, even though it came with 3.1. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had, uh, I downloaded the, the first couple levels, you know, the shareware version of sure. Wolfenstein. Yeah. And, Who didn't, right? Yeah. 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 Um, here's something I didn't got, know that got re- a release in the States. It's an Asterix game, which Asterix, uh, as far as I've been told, is a big character in the UK and in Europe, right? Right. right. So apparently they released his stuff here. I've yeah, played I've, a couple of his. Sorry, he's got an arcade game as well. I've know? never seen the like a Super Nintendo Asterix cartridge, but apparently it was it was out. Uh, they've got articles here on La Lost Vikings, which we just covered here recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, what's that accessory right there? The power, the power plug. plug. What does that do? Um... Well, I'm looking at it. It looks like it's a it's a thing for the Genesis that you could turn on slow mo, auto fire. So I guess it's some sort of like super pausing thing. Your controller hooks to it, and then it hooks to your Genesis. I've never heard of this, so I'm guessing it didn't do <laughs> it didn't do too well. Um, it's a it, it's a weird looking little device. You know, this is when the Sega CD was up and coming, and uh, you know, of course, '93 would have been, you know, right around the era of the of the uh, Amiga CD32. The uh, and they sh- they share they share really no. They don't think they have a similar. Uh, do they have any games that came out for both those that you can think of? No, no. I know we're. You know, unless it's like some kind of like cannon fodder or something. You know, I had one of these ups, or I had one of these issues. I was just looking through to see if we could find a scan of this magazine so the pe- folks at home could see it. Um, but I just came across this. I had this particular issue. And what is of, that for of the game player Sega Nintendo? And uh, I'm gonna. It is looks like January 1995. So this was one year later. Um, I'll put that up on the screen. Um, so the, the issue that we're looking at right now is uh, this one. Oh, where did it go? Ah, right here. Um, which was the you know a year beforehand. But you know, I, I just I, if you get a chance, and these are these are pretty cheap to pick up. You know, you can get lots of of '90s, maybe not '80s, but definitely '90s magazines on eBay for for not very much money, and. Uh, there's just something special when you're flipping through the actual pages versus looking at stuff online. Yeah, I I never can really read magazines online like that. You know, uh, um, I looked at the reviews of these Amiga games we do. Now, in the United States, we only had we had Amiga magazine, right? And we had what was the other one? It seemed like we had one more. We didn't have... I mean, you look at what they had over in Europe. Mm-hmm. They had, like, Amiga Format, Amiga Action. They had blah, blah. They had tons of these things. The Amiga Joker. And also, mm-hmm. You know, it, that's incredible to know that they had that many right. magazines. Well, even on the PC side. Like, we had PC Gamer. Yeah. And that's that's about it. Well, no, there was there was a, a computer gaming and video games. That was another one. Mm-hmm. There I guess video games and computer entertainment. That's it. That was that's a big it. One. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the thing about it is... Uh, even for our consoles, because America right, thinks of us as you think of your Super Nintendos and your Genesis, but they didn't have like it's not like we had tons and tons of those at right. the time. There were right. probably what maybe six people making console, maybe not even that many. You know, they had their own magazines, right? Then they had, then you had uh, uh, Electronic Gaming Monthly right, was the EGM, big one. and then they eventually had EGM two. Mm-hmm. Then you had there uh, was Next Gen, right? Next Gen was way late in the game mm-hmm. though. That was a lot later on. You know, then you had this, you know, computer game, and a few others are game player, but there weren't a ton. I mean, there were probably more Amiga magazines than there were video game magazines right. in the United States at the time. You know, so that's kind of that's kind of neat. Now, here's a neat here's something that's interesting: a Psygnosis CDs. Uh, these are these are games coming out uh, on the uh, Sega CD by Psygnosis, and they've got Microchasm. But you haven't covered Microchasm. Mm-mm. Uh, this is this was an interesting game, and we'll have to. This is one we'll have to put on the list. It's a CD32 title that is sort of that uh, uh, streaming from disc video type. It's a. It's got an incredible intro in it. It's a lot of full motion video. It's uh, you. You get like shrunk and go down to the human body. That kind oh, of okay. gimmick, right? You know? Like inner space. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Then they've also another one they've mentioned here is Shadow of the Beast Two, which is interesting. Uh, I don't know why they wouldn't have had Shadow of the Beast 1 and 2 or, you know, whatever. And they've also got another game we have not covered here, Pugsy. Did that, was, that, was that something that was even released on the Amiga, Pugsy? Is that- you know, I'll, I'll, just looking at the ad, 
I think that it, it seems like it should have been because it seems it like looks. it's sort of a nondescript platform. Yeah, mm-hmm. Pugsy. So it's kind of weird to see an, 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 an ad for a Psygnosis trilogy. <laughs> it's kind of neat. You know, really, though, when Pugsy you... Pugsy was definitely released on the Amiga. Very good. Yeah, very it's good. a Psygnosis game. Put it on the list. Mm-hmm. Now, here's another game uh, we've come across that I, that one of these days this is going to get put on my uh, on the list uh, for us to cover. Uh, and this is called Best of the Best Championship Karate, but in the in the UK and the way I know it is Panza Kickboxing. Mm. I know I've mentioned this a couple times on the show. But I always like this game, and it let you set your own fighters up and assign moves to certain joystick areas, right? Which no one does that, and mm. it was awesome because you could have a guy. I would fight Brent at this game, and I would have combos, and I know how to do them. Just you know, only you knew how to do them, mm-hmm. and so and it was it made it a lot more fun. They had tournaments and stuff. It was it was a fun game. That I really enjoyed, and so it's. I know this got ported to everything, you know. So, Lost Vikings. There's a lot of Amiga stuff in here. I actually just flipping through it. Of course, '93. Um, the uh, I'm trying to think of the, of the time frame. Not 1993, 1994. The consoles were had been the Super Nintendo had been out for how many years at that point? About three, three or four years. Really, that long? Yeah. Well, Super Nintendo came out in 1991. Genesis came out in '89. So okay. they were. 94 was the first year you started hearing about the Ultra 64 and stuff like that. I see. I see. Um, the uh, so, so you were getting about, they should have been at their height. Effectively, yeah, it was 90, 93 and 94 was the height of the 16 bit era for sure. Here's a uh, interesting article here or a, a uh, ad. ad, and it's got Fantastic Dizzy advertised. Um, Again, the Dizzy games, it's weird that they got released over here because I don't think I'd ever heard of them until I started. Well, they were always unlicensed. You know, the Codemasters games on consoles were always those black cartridges that were sort of shady. Yeah. uh, It was Codemaster. Was everything they did shady like that? Yeah, because they they were the people that brought out the game Genie and took Nintendo to court. Oh, yes, you're right. Yeah, they wanted the extra money. Now, here's an article on Super Turrican. Mm -hmm. Now, we covered Turrican too. Right. And believe it or not, I've actually played Super Turrican, which is one of the few console games I've played. And it's it's not... I, I played it on, I believe, the Genesis version. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, the uh, joy, the gamepad for that game was a little bit easier to handle. Than, that, my biggest problem with Turrican 2 was just, yeah, I sucked at it so bad. That, yeah, I mean, I had it set up where if I mapped the buttons just the way I wanted them, I could be okay. But I still had trouble even completing the first level. Yeah, yeah. Um... Overall, though, as I as I get near the end of this thing, I flip through it. A lot of you know, a lot of stuff in here that's not really relatable to us. But uh, they really like their you know, in, in American magazines, the reviews were at this era. Reviews were like the main mm-hmm. jet of the reviews and hints. That was pretty much the thing. But they kind of got away from reviews later on. They didn't do as many. I noticed that they got smaller. They didn't do as really? many. I never noticed that. They did. I, my brother had a subscription to EGM for years and mm. years, and so I would just bathroom stuff, mm-hmm. right? And I would read them as I went, and, and and reviews played a bigger part in the prime time age than it did later on. Because I don't, I don't know why. What, I, you know, I I subscribed to EGM from not, about around ninety four to ninety six, mm-hmm. and they had for you know for the big games they had three separate reviews. They'd have three or four different reviewers, and they'd be in these columns. I remember Sushi X, yeah. and you know these guys. And so maybe maybe it was later on when that sort of went away. Yeah. Well, you know, Brent kept his subscription well into the late nineties. Yeah. You know, so yeah. It was and it's funny on the back of this thing, it's, it's got a big, huge. All it just says Jam 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 Jam, mm-hmm. March nineteen ninety four, and it's got a list of where it's coming out. So I guess NBA Jam was getting ready to come out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, a game that uh, you think we, you think the Amiga could have done an NBA Jam? I mean, oh, it did sure. a Mortal Kombat. I don't, maybe. It could. I mean, you know, the the problem is is the button issue. The button issue. You wouldn't be yeah. able to, to do it just because of the buttons. Yeah, you're probably but, right. But, you know, um, hardware-wise, I'm sure it could have handled NBA Jam. I mean, the Game Gear the Game Gear had a great port, so why couldn't the Amiga? What we need is someone to go in there and retrofit the NBA Jam stuff into TV sports basketball. We'd be <laughs> laughing then, man. Well, so, anyway, I thought that was neat. Just yeah. like I said, uh, this thing's been sitting around not touched by human hands for for a couple a couple decades. Well, it's Think never been that. touched by human hands except when it came out of the even it was I'm sure it was shot out of a machine when it went into the poly bag. If you think about 1990 January 1984, which is that's 20 was that 23 years and a couple months. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. We're getting old. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you were 23 in 94. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> Let's just get on with the damn review. Okay. <laughs> Screw this. So, um 
the first game that I uh, that I chose was a Frogger clone. Now, I'm sure Frogger is one of those games that really needs no introduction. Um, but just in case you're not familiar with the arcade game, you can uh, kind of... You're, you're basically a little frog. It's a top-down perspective, and you're trying to negotiate your way across a busy highway to get to a river, and then you have to cross the river uh, to get to your home. Which your is, frog can't swim. Right, right. <laughs> um, and so um, this game was released in 1981. Uh, it was developed by Konami and published by Sega. And um, it was it's one of the few uh, arcade games that has no buttons. It's a, it's only uh, only joystick, and so uh, but it it plays very well. I regardless of that, um, the the things that make it interesting are that you know as you're crossing the uh, the highway, the cars are moving at different speeds. Uh, there's different sounds that accompany the cars. That they, you know, for the sports car, you get this as you go by, and then once you get to the river, uh, there are logs that float by, and there's turtles in the early stages that uh, submerge and emerge from the water, and then in the later stages, you have crocodiles that open and shut their mouths and represent you know more difficult hazards. Um, the game offers uh, different bonuses you can get. There is a female frog that sort of mounts you as you uh, <laughs> as, as, as you Close cross. On your the, back, yeah, let's keep it G here. <laughs> and um, there are flies that you can get to if you go into one of the holes at the end of the board uh, that uh, will give you bonus points. Um, it's a it's a very simple game. It's got a, a nice bouncy soundtrack. Um, and it's really regarded as one of the classic arcade games of all time. What are your thoughts on Frogger, Aaron? Well, I, I used to own a Frogger, albeit briefly, and albeit in uh, uh, various stages of, of repair. I uh, I bought it with a bunch of other games when I was just getting into collecting arcade machines. And uh, just uh, the, the the Frogger is sort of iconic in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got that wood grain siding on it. Right. And uh, the... Uh, the uh, joystick area has this sort of like uh, it's kind of it looks like a road with a big tire track on it, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I can see it in my mind. Your it, frog looks nothing like he looks in no, the game on this no, thing. No, he looks much sleeker. Right, he's got a tie on, I believe, yeah. if I recall. Uh, when I think of Frogger now, I, I think I think of the classic Seinfeld episode. If you if you, I don't know how many, I don't know how far around the world Seinfeld got, but it's an American television show that did an episode on. Uh, one of the characters had tried to wanted to relive his childhood and went and tried to buy the Frogger from the old pizza place he used to go to, and it ends in a climactic scene where these where he's trying to get Frogger across a, bu- a busy New York street, and he gets it all the way across, and uh, uh, a semi and he gets it to the curb but he can't get it up on the curb and a semi truck comes through and just and just destroys the Frogger, yeah. blows the smithereens. It's a great scene. <laughs> And, and, and when he's trying to get it across the street, the, the viewpoint changes, and they've got a crane cam up, and it looks like he's And they've got across. the sound yeah, effects and yeah. stuff. It's great. If you ever get a chance to look it up on YouTube, it is one of the best parts of Seinfeld. But uh, uh, it's a fun game. I, when, I, when I got it, the board I got had literally, be, the uh, PCB, the circuit board, had been broken. And I had to go and jumper a bunch of uh, stuff over top of that big crack. Uh, but I got it working, and then I found out the monitor didn't work, and then it was time for that to go because I didn't want to fool with monitors. So Frogger got uh, kicked to the curb. But uh, it is a great game. It's a game I played as when I when it came out in the arcade. Uh, it's got it's got a great theme uh, song. The music, the instrumental music's good. It's very simple and fun. I mean, it's just a game where like you could set Granny in front of it or or a four year old, and you could say, "Get your frog over there," and they could figure it out in about ten minutes. Mm-hmm. You know. It's the exact opposite of modern games in every way. Simple, right. easy to use, no buttons. So uh, the arcade game is definitely uh, in the pantheon. Mm-hmm. And so you picked a game that s- simulates this game. So right. tell us about it. Right. So Croak is a game that was developed by this guy named um, Selwyn Stevens. Selwyn. That's Selwyn an unusual Stevens. name. Yeah. And uh, he is not known for anything other than doing Croak. Really? Um, now, did he do the sequel? He also did the sequel. So this is a rare title that has... It's a rare public domain title that actually got a sequel. Um, this was also available on a cover disc, as many of these games were. This was a, 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 originally on an Amiga format cover disc in 1992. Mm. Um, and so this this game is... Uh, oh, it ran on the ECS or OCS. Um, and it's uh, it's basically... Frogger, for all intents and purposes, that he didn't do much to change it. Um, he, uh, 
the the vehicles as they cross the uh, as they cross the street are in kind of a three D um, perspective. It's sort of that isometric perspective. Uh, the resolution of the game is actually much higher. Now, it's not, you know, it's it's not a great feat for this coming out. This is 11 years after the original Frogger, but right. you know, there's a lot more detail in the in the in the vehicles. Um, the area where your frog comes home to roost is uh, decorated with a bunch of beautiful flowers. Um, one of the things that that I, I liked about this was just the greater variety of cars as you go across. You know, there's there's semis, but there's different kinds of semis there's that are different trail, colors. People cars with trailers, yeah. and it looks, something looks like an ambulance, and right, yeah. And so I, I thought that that was really cool. Um, but you know, overall, it's 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 really just it's just Frogger. Um, yeah, having having just played this uh, and uh, for the first time earlier, I was impressed. The uh, I like the fact that the there's there's little flourishes that they've made the uh, they've made your home look much more pleasant. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, one thing that's kind of neat is that when you're playing a two player game, uh, both frogs are present on the screen. Oh, and no kidding. The, the, the other frog, there's a light green and a dark green frog, and and the uh, the dark green frog, if if he's player two, he's just kind of hanging out there waiting to go. And when you're uh, when the light green frog meets his demise, if he meets his demise on the highway, there's kind of an unsightly blood spot that appears on the uh, on the highway. <laughs> but when he does, then um, then you know you're the the player two frog just jumps right on in there. So I like I like the fact that when you get a near miss the car, they, they hit the horn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was yeah, 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 yeah. That is a really cool. But really I mean, cool this feature. guy kept this fellow kept it simple. Mm-hmm. He saw the game. He cloned it fully. And it was good to go. And so, I mean, this is if you want to play Frogger on your Amiga, you're in. I mean, that's. I mean, this is a. I mean, I thought it was a pretty darn. I mean, again, music aside, mm-hmm. the one thing that didn't make the transition, but everything else is solid. It's up to date. It looks. It looks far better than the original. You know, it looks. It's much sharper. Mm-hmm. And uh, a good trans. A good translation. I, I enjoyed playing it. Now, this game didn't review really well. Uh, it was really? only yeah. Uh, you know, the the one Amiga gave it five out of ten. Amiga Power gave it three out of five. But again, this was a time where people were not into. This is kind of the low point. The early nineties was kind of the low point of the retro scene. People. People like if you if you were a game collector, it was a perfect time to get into the scene because yeah. everything was cheap because nobody wanted it anymore. Um, and you know, a lot of people reviewing these games were just so eager for the next big thing. They wanted stuff in 3D and they didn't want rehashes of retro stuff. Now, you know, five, ten years down the road, the tables would turn and all everything old was new again. I wonder if also the fact that it was on a cover disc or another magazine would mm-hmm. make them not like it. But, you know, that, that, I'm sure that it didn't score them any points. Um, you know, you're right, though. I, it's funny you, you mentioned that I had thought about that for years because obviously I was around in the early 90s and there was a point where people did not want to see anything that looked remotely like stuff they'd seen mm-hmm. and they didn't want to play anything and you're right that why that was the time to get these things uh, at a cut rate because people looked at stuff like the uh, old computers uh, the 2600 any you know anything that was I mean that was when everything was new 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 mm-hmm. you know you've got a Nintendo well there's a super Nintendo out you've got a, a master system what are you where are you you know where you been right and I mean I remember people would be you know, tell you get with the times. This stuff's you know, and you know, and it, that continued. But there was a point where, and I'd say it was probably around, oh, the PlayStation era. That's when they're kind of people started looking back, and that's yeah. when you saw start seeing those retro packages mm-hmm. come out. It's just you know, if you think about the PlayStation, is about ninety six. Uh, so that's about 15 years, you know, after the the classic scene. And I think that there is sort of a 15 year nostalgia window. Because if you look at 15 years ago now, we're getting about, you know, the N64 time. And that's the hot stuff as far as if you're a reseller, you know, you can sell N64 games for high prices as long as the day is. You know, it is strange, not to, not to go off on a tangent, but uh, I've got a couple N64s and a, a, a decent library of games. Mm-hmm. I own a bunch of the games. And... That game, the N64 really didn't age that well. Well, in your opinion. I mean, I, I, you're right. I mean, no, I'm just talking, I, and, I, I, but I don't have a bias against Well, the, yes, you do, because it wasn't what you grew up with. That That's true. But I'm, when you look at some of the games on it, the one thing that the old, old games have, even the old Atari games have, is that they they live within their space where the N64 was, I mean, and this is, I'm giving it some credit here. It was attempting to bridge that gap. You know, it's a, a, the same with the 3DO, right? Or the Jaguar. There's that era where they're trying, and, and, and for 
for the record, the N64 did way better than those did at it, especially like the Jag. But it was going into the 3D realm, and it and, and some of the stuff, some of the stuff still looks great. Don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of it that that it just didn't quite make the the trip. My biggest problem with the N64 though is not the games, it's the controller. I just mm-hmm. can't stand that controller. Mm-hmm. The analog stick on it's just just terrible. Yeah, but you know, if you had an N64 when it came out. And your only exposure to an analog controller had been the horrendous 5200 controller. Oh. You would have thought that that thing was the best thing ever. <laughs> you got a good point there. I can't, <laughs> so I, again, I, I did know, have an N64 back in those days. It's it's all it's all about it's it's it's, it's all relational. You know, um, the, sure the N64 the, the it's it's really hard to play some of those early 3D games. And in my mind, the the pixel art games stand the test of time a lot better. But that, for somebody who the N64 was their first console. They don't even want to look at pixelized graphics. You know, the early yeah. 3D. They say, "Well, this this will be a classic forever." Yeah, so. yeah. I will. Say, I look at it the same way. I mean, there's a new Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie coming out. Mm-hmm. It's rated could... PG-13. Oh yeah. What's the deal with that? Man, I don't know, but I I, I couldn't freaking stand the Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. And I love martial arts. I like monster movies, right? right? And I love Japanese stuff, but I hated this show. Mm-hmm. I hated it. Mm-hmm. And the fact that people are nostalgic about it, it literally blows my mind. Yeah. You know, or Saved by the Bell, or something like that. Horrible stuff. But, right. they, you know, people love it. Yeah, it's just like Tron. You know, I like Manimal, like, for example. Yeah, Manimal, it's garbage. You know, greatest so. American Hero, $6 well, million dollar man. I didn't really like any of those. Yeah, but I mean, there are people that oh, are yeah, people I know, that are real I know. into them. I know. <laughs> different strokes, you know. And Manimal. Stuff. Yeah, and Manimal. <laughs> I like horrible crap. If it's crap, I want it to be full-on crap. Sure, I, I can appreciate that. Speaking of full-on crap... No, Let's move kidding. on. Uh, <laughs> this next game is not crap. Okay. This, this next game I, I think is quite good. This is Amidar. Uh, this is a game for... Uh, this is a you know another arcade game. Uh, it doesn't look like much. It's another game from 81. Um, all of my picks were early. early You're in your, it's in your wheelhouse yeah, right there. Right? Yeah. Uh, this is uh, a, another Konami title. Too. Uh, this one was mm. yeah. This one was published uh, by Stern uh, back when Stern used to do you yeah. know, video games. I believe they also wasn't it Stern that did the Berserk. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was. Um, and uh, Amadar is a, a really unique title. Um, of course, this is '81. Pac-Man was all the rage. Uh, I think Pac-Man came out in 1980. Um, and, uh, you know, the people were still riding high on these maze-like games. But Amadar sort of takes a unique spin on it and combines the dot-collecting aspect of Pac-Man with the square-making uh, task of, of Kicks. Uh, I believe that Kicks came out before Amadar, but I'm not sure. I'm Kicks, not sure. Kicks is pretty old. Perhaps you can look that up on yes, your magic yes, device. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Um, and what the the plot of the game is is kind of weird. Uh, you play on even numbered stages. You play as a gorilla, and on odd numbered stages, you play as a paint roller. Yes. Uh, and for for reasons that are not explained in the backstory, there wasn't much backstory to arcade games. Um, and as you move around the maze, you're you're collecting these dots, and as you collect the dots, you're you're creating squares that are colored in when you complete the circuit. Um, in your way are these enemies. There are two different kinds of enemies. There are Amadars and there are Tracers. And uh, the, the Tracer is the, the guy that is um, different colored than the, than the Amadars. And I, I, to be honest with you, at first I thought the Tracer, you know, would trace you, you know, kind of like the Red Ghost in Pac-Man. But that's not the case. Uh, he's just as random as everybody else, it appears. Um, and the way that you can get around these guys is that you uh, you have a button on the control panel, and it's a jump button. When you push the jump button, you don't jump. This is probably the only game in existence that the jump button does not make you jump. It makes the enemies jump. So what you do is you have to wait for them to get close to you and hit the jump button and run under them. And this is a very exacting motion. Um, there's, there's, there's no... Uh, there's there's not a lot of leeway there. If you if you if you don't time it just right, it's going to be bad. Now, um, Aaron, what did you think of, of of the arcade version of Amadar? Well, the first time I ever saw Amadar was on the American Game Show Starcade. This was a reoccurring game on Starcade. I'd see it; they'd have it on there all the time. There's a lot of games that show up on Starcade that I was like, why do they keep bringing this back? Like Nibbler was one, and there was there's one where you, I can't remember the name of it, where you play like this water droplet or something like that, or your jug of water, uh, and uh, uh, but the, this was a, a mainstay. And when I first saw it, I thought, man, what a weird game! Even back in those days, it's like you play a paint roller or a gor- <laughs> what is going on here? The uh, uh, the jump 
button aspect of it. I, I haven't played this game a ton. It's not one I went back to over and over. You mm-hmm. know, every once in a while, over the years, I'll, I'll fire it up on my arcade machine. Uh, but uh, the uh, you're right about the, uh, the the button, the jump power is goofy, mm-hmm. and the fact that you run under these guys, for example, while they're jumping is is because I mean they, they pick right back up after you do that. They're you know they they head over to get to get, to uh, get you. Uh, so it's 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 the timing is weird, man. Uh, but I mean, I'm, this is one of those games you'd probably have to give, play it quite a bit, but you could get really good at it. Right. But it's an okay game. I mean, like I said, I, I've had a cup of coffee with it. Um, well, the clone version of this game, by the way, Kicks came out in '81. Okay, so and same. the Amiga version came out in '89. That's another game that has, uh, for, for some reason, because the, the I don't know, just to go off on a tangent, but the, the Amiga version of Kicks is really good. Mm-hmm. And so while there, but there are tons of clones of it on the Amiga. I don't know why. <laughs> Well, the the, uh, the Amiga in it's in a way this is a clone, but there there are some significant differences. This is probably the most derivative of my three. It's definitely the most derivative of my three. And this one's called. Um, this is called Zoom, and it is the only one of these three games that I think was actually a commercial release too. Uh, this was developed in 1988 by Discovery Software. And Discovery is uh, we've covered a few of their games. Which games have we done? That's Discovery? we did. Uh, we did Hybris, our very first episode. All those we can say we can almost say years now. It's yeah. coming close to our second year, right? right? And then they also did one of my personal favorites is the uh, uh, is that fighting game in which suddenly I've been struck stupid. What the heck's it called? The uh, um, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm my, at my age. Oh, is Sword me. of Sodan. Sword of Sodan. Not a fighting game. That's a fighting game. You fight suckers with okay. your sword. Okay. So, uh, uh, but I like both those games. I know Boat was. Well, you actually liked Sword of Sodan pretty well. Didn't it you? was all right. I mean, I can appreciate the, the freaking, it for what it was. The freaking guys were that big, They're huge, man. Huge yeah, sprites only attacked from the right. And so, so and and these guys, I guess Zoom came out pretty right before, right, right before Hybris, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hybris was eighty nine. So uh, now the the way that this game works is it's a, it's a lot like Amadar, but instead of being a totally top down view of the board, um, it's it's more sort of futuristic, and it's on a, kind of a, a three quarters view. It's I don't want to call it isometric. It's more of a like just kind of a. a a tilted, slightly tilted view of the screen. Yeah, picture a chessboard um, and then tilt it in front of you about forty-five degrees. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the 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 core of the gameplay is the same. You are trying to complete squares by running, you know, your your little guy around. Now your little guy is no longer a gorilla. He is sort of a three D Pac Man looking guy. And uh, the enemies are just kind of strange. Uh, there are, then I'm getting this from the uh, the magazine review here. There's uh, a pair of lips called <laughs> the Jaggernaut. The <laughs> jeez. <laughs> uh, there are little alien creatures, wormlets, angleheads, spheroids, and then there's also a black hole that can swallow you up. So your 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 tasks, but to complete all the squares on the board without um, getting touched by any of these guys. Uh, there are um, there are no longer dots to collect. There's no longer a jump button. Uh, your offensive weapon is is kind of a passive offensive weapon. It's you can drop bombs behind you that will either destroy or slow down the enemies. How is that passive? You're blowing guys up. Well, you're not passive. Is jumping. You're you're not shooting them. You're, That's you're, okay. You know, okay. You're waiting for them. Um, and so. Uh, there are a lot of things about this game that uh, I, I didn't completely understand. Sometimes when you make squares, they show up in different colors. And it has nothing to do with how many times you, you complete the square or anything like that. So um, I just didn't have enough time to to solve that mystery. One of the cool things about this game is that there are lots of items that you can pick up um, that give you different superpowers. All right. So this is another thing that um, that Amadar didn't feature. Uh, you can pick up ice cubes, which uh, they stop the enemy cold. Oh, I get it. Uh, you can get uh, sweets, which give you a bonus or more speed. There's money bags for a score. If you pick up an apple, it fills all the squares that it touches. So that's a pretty powerful pickup. That is a nice pickup. one. I don't think I ever saw that when we played. No. Um, there's a potion that gives you a temporary immunity. Uh, the glue slows down monsters, and if you get a rocket, it finishes the grid. Nice. So uh, this game is, the of the three games, this game is the game that is demonstrably better, in my mind, than Amadar. Uh, it's deeper. Um, I, the only thing that it, the only thing, th- there's some sound effects in this game that are very of their time period, sort of like, uh, 
if you think about like I don't know um, '90s rap uh, like sort of sound samples, uh, they they'll be like, "Hey, what up?" You know, stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> there's um, so that, there's that, but the the music in Amador I, I really liked. But other than that, um, I would I think I'd rather if I was going to really sit down and learn a game and get good at it, it would be Zoom. What do you think, Aaron? Well. I do like the rotating grid that comes out at you in like 3D. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good effect. Uh, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with the gameplay. You know, this is one of those games that I think would be better in Amadar's perspective, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'd rather have just the 2D. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I think it'd be easier to navigate the, yeah. the maze, which is the hardest part for me was just, you know, not screwing up and navigating the maze correctly. The, uh, the, uh, um, the game is interesting. I didn't get... Uh, I got the candy... I think that's all candy more than anything. I don't remember. I, or I think it was coffee or something. Was there something like that out there that looked the, like a coffee cup? I, I went over. I think you might have seen a potion. That might be what it was. Yeah. I, I saw it. I didn't get to get it. Uh, but, uh, you know, Amador has uh, the music I like on Amador. Uh, the, uh, but Zoom, it looks like it would probably could be deeper. Amador, though, the point structure is strange. We looked it over. It's they you get certain amounts of points for per square, mm-hmm. and they're really sort of weird. the The point structure is pretty strange, uh, but uh, um, uh, I, I, I like them both. I, I, to, to me, this is of the three you picked. This is probably my least favorite. Really, yeah. interesting. But then again, our Amador is probably my least favorite of the three arcade games. But right. I think I'd rather play Amador than this. But only I like I said, just for me, it was I had trouble seeing it well enough to play it i mean it's that 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 turn does a little to me i agree i, I, I think that if you took the 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 totally 2d perspective of amadar and put the power-ups in and sort of the other fun things uh it, it would be it would be much better Although ditching the dots it didn't make much of a difference no because regardless you're collecting you're you're collecting the squares it, it made it harder really because with the dots you could just get them all and not have to complete the full revolution i mean you did but you you still that's you know what the I'm thing saying. It, 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 maybe it's just mental you it know? is a mental thing and i completely agree like when you can see the dots you can see where you need to go more yeah easily the dots help there. actually mm-hmm. in a way so zoom you know again it's funny they don't look all that similar but they're real similar I mean, yeah. that's a real good connection there but you know it's it's okay yeah yeah all right, moving on to the third game. Uh, this is, uh, we're doing a Pac-Man clone. So there's not a whole lot that needs to be said about Pac-Man. Um, what? It, it is a, you know, a, a, we were talking about this on the live stream. If you ask somebody to name an old school video game, <coughs> and if you, especially if you specify an old school arcade game, nine times out of ten, they're going to say Pac-Man. Yeah. In fact, I'm looking over at your, if you... Uh... If you could sit where I'm sitting, you look over at Boat's uh, fireplace, and on the right beside his fireplace, there's a Pac-Man marquee, and then right beside that's a Junior Pac-Man yeah, marquee. And on the other side of the fireplace, yeah, there's kicks, a Miss Pac-Man. You've got Miss Pac-Man. It's, <laughs> all the games we covered are almost represented. There. Yeah, yeah. And so um, Pac-Man is a you know it's a, it's it's sort of the the grandfather of the uh, maze dot collecting game. Absolutely. It was uh, subject to one of the most uh, infamous early video game lawsuits uh, when uh, out of the Magnavox folks, or Atari took the Magnavox folks, or not Atari Midway, right? Took the Magnavox folks to court because of Casey Munchkin, Munchkin their Pac-Man clone. I own two copies of Casey Munchkin. We bought it instantly when it came out for the Odyssey 2. And, uh, man, what a game. I mean, a great game. It takes, really, it's, it is a clone of Pac-Man, but it's a, it really expands on the... Uh, on the game quite a bit because the dots move. They move around the board by themselves, plus hmm. the maze moves. And one thing that Casey Munchkin did is the center area where the ghosts come out would rotate. And what you could do is you could have four different sections of the maze that you couldn't get to unless you went into that center square. So you would actually it would cut off it's parts of like, the maze. Yeah, that's it really was, interesting. It was, it was a very clever game. And it was a shame that that, that was the Aussies, really. That was their last... Big gas, the Aussie too. When mm-hmm. when they lost that, had to pull those, you know. But of course, by the time that happened, they'd sold a zillion of them, right? You know. But yeah, right. a great game. Yeah. Uh, but my, you know, I mentioned on the live stream, my brother, amigo Brent, was a uh, uh, a huge fan of this as a as a child. He had Pac Man trash can, Pac Man snack tray, Pac Man sheets, Pac Man everything, Pac Man mm-hmm. curtains. He loved Pac Man. And he is a he's a hell of a good hand at Miss Pac Man, mm. which another game that we used to own. I used to own that one back in Lexington, and it was uh, Brent used to tear it up. It had the speed chip in it, 
and he would play it. And uh, uh, I'm not that good at Pac-Man. I was better at Miss Pac-Man, not great, but my, my game is Super Pac-Man. It's my favorite of the Pac family. So that's that's the one I like to play the most. But I just like everybody else, when this came out, I played the crap out of it. Yeah, yeah. So um, moving on to the Amiga version of the Pac-Man game, it is known as Super Pac-Man. Should we tell the Pac-Man story? I'm sure most people in our audience would know it, but this was originally called Pac-Man in Japan, and when they released it over here, and I guess over in Europe as well, I assume it was called. Did they call it Pac-Man in the UK? Uh, I believe that they did. I think any you know anywhere outside of Japan, they were afraid that people would scratch off the P in Pac-Man to make it an F. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, cause some problems. And they were right; that absolutely would have happened. So, Pac-Man was born, and. Uh, uh, that's what, so this the fella that put this out has just taken the original name, and uh, and went with it. Um, and I was busily trying to um, to find a uh, oh and here it is uh, to find a recording of uh, Puck Man for the Amiga. This is because it's a public domain title. Um, it is uh, difficult to find a lot of records of. This is probably the most obscure. Of all of the releases that I, that I could find, um, this was 1994. It was developed by this guy named Augenblick as a shareware title, um, and uh, ran on ECS or OCS. Uh, and it says that if you register the software, uh, it will get rid of the flashing screens. But we played this quite a bit, and we didn't see any flashing screens. So I don't know if we played a cracked version. Maybe or, maybe a flash later on. Yeah, know. maybe so. I will say if you click on the shareware details at the bottom, it plays an awesome tune. What was the, what was the song if, it was playing? If I were a rich man, yeah, from Fiddler on the Roof. And you can and you can send this fellow money. Boy, I, I wonder what this guy's doing now. If 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 you're out there listening or anybody knows this fellow, have him get in contact and, with us. And what's funny is this this comes from an era where uh, you have the uh, the people were not shy about putting their home address. Yeah. <laughs> you know, please send a check. And you can tell that this was where this guy lived. It's a lot like those old crack screens. They'd have all these phone numbers mm-hmm. and stuff. And you know you're just calling some dude in Denmark's house. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Um, so as, as far as the, the, the game differences, um, you, it's, it's very apparent, um, you know, playing this versus Pac-Man. It's less apparent when you uh, haven't played the arcade version of Pac-Man in a while, but this game runs much more slowly than the arcade version. Um, and uh, the ghosts are a little bit smoother. They, they're drawn a little bit more smoothly. Um, and, uh, of course, the screen is formatted for a... Um, a four by three screen instead of a vertical, you know, horizontally oriented the, monitor. I think this guy did a tremendous job. The uh, if you look at this, I mean, amongst clones I've seen of Pac-Man, this is way up the list. The Absolutely. sound effects are dead on. Mm-hmm. The maze is, is is dead on. The the uh, the way he's got the screen partition with these where he's got the uh, score and stuff over the side, which is a common trick now and mm-hmm. he's on like these uh, retro uh, retro packages just to. Put everything on the side so you can make the screen in a vertical aspect, and it works. It works flawlessly here. Uh, the the uh, boat says uh, what he says is right. Is that the only really the only flaw in this is not really a flaw. It's the fact that the it's it's a resolution is higher, and so the ghosts look smoother, and the uh, Pac-Man looks like he's a little rounder or a little. Uh, maybe his mouth's not as big, you know, and, it's, and it's, it, it, sometimes it doesn't look like his mouth's opening and closing, mm-hmm. like they're right, yeah. you know, uh, but uh, uh, I'd say part of that's probably just the compression of the video, but because we didn't see any of that stuff, but no, uh, yeah. the uh, the uh, the music, it's the cutscenes, I mean, it's, it's all there, it's, it's, all it's there. very sharp. Now, do you want to, you want to talk about Pack Plus? So yeah, we, we also took a look at the, uh, there's two titles included in this package, there's Pac-Man and Pac-Man Plus. Uh, Pac-Man Plus is a little bit different. It's it's uh, just like the arcade Pac-Man Plus is a little different, but they're different in different ways. So in the arcade Pac-Man Plus, um, you basically I think it runs even a little faster than the original arcade Pac-Man. When you do when you consume a power pellet, the ghosts change shape in an odd way and grow little trees with flags on them. Yeah, is that uh, what that is? I, I don't know exactly what they were going <laughs> I don't for there. Either. I don't know what's going but, on. But um, but anyway, uh, and the all of the power-ups, or not power-ups, all of the score bonus fruits have been replaced by other objects. So, for example, in the first level of Pac-Man Plus in the arcade, uh, it's a Coke, a can of Coke. Um, in Pac-Man Plus on the Amiga, uh, there is uh, the ghost 
smile at you uh, when they are not blue. Or they, they either smile or frown. I think if they're traveling vertically, they're smiling. And if they travel horizontally, they're frowning. It's very disconcerting. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> instead of having the center fruit, you have a center power pellet that sort of, you know, roams in a kind of a confined space. Uh, so it's different. Um, it's a nice little add-on. Uh, I don't know that the, the games themselves, apart from those, are, are that much different. I didn't sense any difference in the speed. But it's just a neat thing that he, he added in there. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's it's a nice little ad. I mean, people come for the Puck Man; they stay for the Puck Man Plus, I guess. Yeah. But uh, um, overall, I think this is a very strong pack. So it's not like I've sat around playing Pac Man clones over and over again. I mean, you're gonna be hard pressed to do much better than mm-hmm. this one. I think it's a really good package, classic Puck Man. And uh, if you're out there uh, in Shareware Land, <laughs> send this fella six bucks. I like six pounds. That's what he's asking for. It's yeah. a pretty good, yeah. pretty good bargain. I think that's. I mean, I think you uh, really stumbled onto something there, though. Like I said, I haven't looked for him, but I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure you could do much worse. Yeah, that. yeah, absolutely. Um, so that is that's the end of our first um, our first clone episode. Somewhere down the in down the line in the future, I will reveal my three picks. Okay, well, and we will give those a whirl. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I want to thank a couple people before we go. First of all, it's been a while since we've really thanked our go-to sources of Amiga information. Yes. Uh, there's a couple really great sites out there that if you're into the Amiga at all, uh, everything that you want is there. And the first one is our old friend Lemon Amiga. Lemon, I, I mean, I literally, it's I couldn't function without Lemon yeah, Amiga. Yeah, it is the it's it's my go-to first stop for information and everything else sort of branches out from there. So we want to thank the folks, the folks over at Lemon Amiga. Absolutely. And then the, the, the second, the second place I, that's just in indisputably a great uh, Amiga resources, Hall of Light. Hall of Light. The other, and, those are the two go-to yeah, places. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, you know, all of this information that I'm reading, you, know, and you don't I, hear much about Hall of Light. But you it, don't, it's, but it's, they, it's tremendous. You, they're, they're less of a community and more of a database. Yes. Uh, but they just, everything from, you know, box scans to disc scans to magazine reviews and things Things like that. It's it's all there. I like the fact that they've got the scanned actual media, the discs, so you can see what they look like. Right, you know, because right. I've got so that look a little bit different. I'm mm-hmm. always like, wow. It's a neat. It's 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 such a such a cool resource. It is. It's great. Um, I'd also like to thank our um, our lovely Patreon subscribers, uh, and uh, we'll just do it old school this week. You know, I want. I want to. I want He's out of material. I, 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 I want. I want to give these folks their 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 due. And sometimes when 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 I get musically inspired, some of the names get lost in the shuffle as I try and fit them in the right syllables. So uh, we're gonna we'll do it slow and steady this time. Thank you, Alan Kebab, David McCrandles, Gary Hucker, Will Williams, Ravi Abbott, Kim Tommy Humbertstad, Josh Nan, Jason Warns. Lane, Eric Nelson, Graham W. Vebke, Paul Harrington, Rob O'Hara, Laurent Giroux, Jonas Rulo, Colbjorn Barman, Tapes from the Crypt, Adam Bradley, Chris Fultz, Daniel Bingston, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Chad Holstead, Brent Dowdy, and the Double B, Brutal Barracuda. Brutal Bear, he's in. So if you would like to... Um, become a Patreon sponsor and uh, help support the Amigos podcast, please check out our page over at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. This is where you can see all of what's going on with the the Patreon uh, scene. Uh, All of the rewards are here. Uh, There are special Patreon posts that I put up that have extra video content. Lots of stuff going on. So if you're at all interested, check that out. So Aaron... uh, I guess that's it for this episode. Until next time, adios. adios.